0: hi welcome to the still loading podcast today we got charlie headley what's going on guys and jared reyes what's going on our friend jake is not with us this Mm, week mm. we love him though uh Mm. kind of
1: (laughs) (laughs) i feel a little bit better now (laughs) the
0: truth can can come out about him now that he's not here yeah (sighs) thank god right because it's better it's better to talk about people when they're not around right Mm, can i get amen i'm just kidding real i'm just kidding uh don't take that seriously but we're just going to kind of continue a conversation uh last week just about sin and the pettiness how we believe uh god can be petty sometimes and i think at least where i think this conversation is going to go is how do we make sure that we love and respect god and i guess keep keep his commandments right but also how do we make sure that people know that god isn't just this rule keeper god who's just watching over you waiting for you to mess up because i think that's where um a lot of the turnoff to god is right yeah Uh, from i don't know from your guys's experience i I, it might be something different or from friends that you know but i think i see a lot of people who believe that god is just that petty person that petty uh guy in the sky who's just waiting to rain down (laughs) lightning lightning on you yeah you know (laughs) yeah and because we hold uh some christian values and christian beliefs uh, a lot of people, when we talk about these things, may only take certain parts and be like, "Oh my gosh, God is somebody." Like, there's things that we—it's like, "Hey, let's uh, not have sex before marriage. Let's not get drunk." Let's—you hear that, and then it, outside of the faith, you hear something like that, and you think, "Oh my gosh, he yeah. is a rule keeper," you know. But uh, so that's where I think the conversation will lead to. But of course. There's three of us here, and we could go anywhere. So Yeah,
2: we really can. I think just going off of that, just more on the funny side of things, is like I have like – this might be already jumping into this, but like I have friends that are, are gay. I've had friends that have never been in church before. I have friends that are so far away from church that whenever I say, hey, you guys want to come to church, they always bring up the joke of, well, if I walk into the church, I'm going to burn up on the spot. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like – but even though it's a joke and they mean it as a joke, I feel like there are a lot of times people will hold – truth to that where it's like I can't walk in there like it's just not going to be a good time for me or it's like Mm -hmm. I'm going to be exposed like as soon as I walk in everyone's going to look at me and I think sometimes there is a little bit of truth that we even talked about that last week talking about like walking into church and you have tattoos on your face it's like Mm -hmm. you might get looked weird like some churches will look at you weird but Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day it's like whether it's the church's fault or maybe even some of our faults, it's like we have painted a picture almost that mm. God looks like "quote unquote" looks like a rule keeper, even though yeah. he's not.
0: Yeah, I don't know. No, I agree a hundred percent, and that, like you said, it's a joke, but it's definitely a perception that tons of people have. I mean, myself included. I've been Christian for quite a while now, right? <laughs> uh, I grew up a pastor's kid. I, some of it was real you know to me when i was younger and it became a real thing when i was about 22 or 23 right yeah hopefully i'm just kidding um but (laughs) we're still wondering (laughs) but but, me too um but you take that and i've had times where it's like oh my gosh i don't want to go to church or Mm -hmm. i don't want to talk to god because if he knows like what i've done or what i did it's like oh my gosh dude like i can't confront that and i think that he's just waiting for me to mess up. And then in turn, to take this, I guess, down another little path is, uh, you know, when you mess up or when people mess up, you think like God's not going to bless you. Like, yeah. oh, oh that, yeah, that's why I didn't get this job or that's why my relationships aren't working mm-hmm. out or that's why I can't move forward in my life because I'm not good enough yet, right? Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not good enough in God's sight or I'm not good enough just in general. And that's, it's such a... Like you said, it could be our fault, like the church's fault. It is. It's half yeah. and half, right? right? And so I think it's just it's just this weird line. Like grace is just this weird line and sin is this this weird thing, or it's like, hey, we want to talk about this stuff, but while also first starting with like God loves you so much, mm-hmm. God uh sent his son to die for you. And so how do we carry forth that conversation, you know? Yeah. And, and I know a big part of it is um You call out the sins of your brothers and sisters, right? But even that's weird. Yeah. That feels awkward. And that's probably my fault. Mm That's Like, that's on me, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's something key, what you just said. You said, call out the sins of your brothers and sisters. So, obviously, if, you know, Charlie was somebody that has never gone to church before, and I was like, oh, man, like, you know, I see him at church, and he's telling me, like, Something he's done or is like, oh yeah, last night I was out there, you know, I got I got super drunk last night. I was like, wow, you're you're pretty <laughs> crappy. And I just said that and he's like, whoa, like he, he's not going to want to come back to church because yeah, I'm like calling not. him out, but he doesn't also know. Mm-hmm. But in the same respect, you owe it to like your brothers and sisters. Like if I would be a bad brother in Christ, if I knew that, you know, just how we were saying last week, I know you're just dropping F-bombs. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, Dylan, like... That's okay, man, <laughs> but, like as a good brother in Christ, be, hey, now are you like my brother in Christ, but you know you're also somebody that's a, in a position of leadership, which God judges harder, and that's not because God doesn't want people to do well, it's just like, hey, you're help leading a flock, you're help doing other things, you need to be on top of your game even more, and it would be my job be like hey, like you you gotta make sure you're good, dude, like uh-huh. I love you, but that's not a good look for you,
2: yeah. Uh-huh. I think sometimes, too, if I I can't remember the verse off the top of my head, the one you were talking about, it goes into like calling out your brothers and sisters. But I think sometimes we've taken that and have made it like we need to call out everybody. And if I remember right, that verse is intended for churchgoers. So it's like brothers and sisters in Christ. And it goes back to, like, what Jared was saying is, like, if we go up to that non-believer, it's like, oh, hey, you need to stop doing this, 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 and this. It's just like, wait a second here. It's like, we're just pushing them farther and farther away from a relationship with Jesus. And that verse was intended, and we take it out of context so many times, is it's intended for a brother in Christ. Yeah. And even then, like you said, it's like, that can even be something for us because, again, being Christian doesn't mean we're perfect. But yeah. having that, like, that almost accountability, it's like... I I don't like it sometimes because it's like it's weird. Yeah, I I yeah, it is weird, and it's weird being called out on something that is like, oh man, I don't think I like I don't want to have that kind of conversation, but it is something that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, that took a really like round turn real quick, but I think it is so true with that verse that it can push people away, but it's also meant and intended for like followers of Jesus to grow closer to Him to be caught not caught up in those
0: sins that we're dabbling into. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it comes into um just our culture today is all about like wanting to be better right yeah. wanting to be better we want to be better be better at this like human beings Six steps to do this and you're yeah better. <laughs> you know it's you got all this stuff and like that's cool and people like want to call people out and do this but it's truthfully like people don't want to be like called on their stuff yeah you know truthfully people don't want it's an uncomfortable situation You know, it's an uncomfortable feeling, and I think that's where just the grace of God comes into where you got to speak truth to power, right? And Mm. you got to speak truth in love, and Mm -hmm. doing that is definitely a fine line, but I think we need to normalize that more, you know? Especially in the Christian community, right? Yeah,
1: and I think definitely the big thing is like you just said, you know, because I think it's something we've touched on a lot in this podcast, but, um, you know, speak truth in love. You know, there's two major words there, truth and love. And I think it's really hard for us as human beings to be able to do a hundred percent truth and a hundred percent love. Sometimes like if I'm talking to Chuck, um, I'm going to be picking on you. Right? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but it's not here to pick on. Yeah, I know. I would be go straight to Jake immediately. <laughs> um, but it's, it's so easy for certain people to look at you and say, you know, say it's the topic of, you know, of cussing. Maybe that's something where you struggle it's. If I'm one of those people that's 100 percent truth, no love, I'm to be like, dude, like you have a you have a mouth of a sailor. You're terrible. Like, I can't believe you're doing this. Like, what's wrong with you? And you're just going off. Yeah. But maybe they really did intend to do it from a perspective, well, you know, as a brother in Christ, I'm supposed to use the word to correct you and for approach and all those good things. And there's other people where I, I think I used to be that way, not so much now where I was more 100% love where I was like, you know, it's all good, dude. Like, I, I love you, brother. Like, it's all good. And yeah. then I'm like, it's okay. They're working on it. They're working on it. So it's that that perfect balance that we need to find truth and love. Yeah. Otherwise, one without the other is just not going to work.
2: What about this? And I've, especially like early in ministry, I've had to figure this one out where it's like I was just like you. I still am like like you in a lot of senses when it comes to, wanting, I just love like, Hey, it's okay. Like it, don't worry about it. Just continue coming and stuff like that. And then we need that. Mm-hmm. But I think there's times too, and I could be completely wrong. This might not even be biblical, but <laughs> I do, <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I do think sometimes like in certain instance where you're talking with somebody, say it is a brother in Christ and you're doing it in love, but also in truth that sometimes that doesn't work. Because sometimes a lot of us can be hard-headed. And so there's moments where I've had to pull someone to the side and just give it to them straight. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times there'll be moments like that and it's hard to navigate through those things. But like, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Have you ever had to do that? Like, what are you thinking?
0: I I think there's, I think there's depths Mm. to, I guess, to piggyback off what Jared was talking about with leadership, especially, you know, when you are uh, in leadership within church or Christian community or a Christ following community and whatever. So it's in Titus, you could read through it and it just has like a list of things like, Hey, mm-hmm. basically like a leader, a deacon, yeah. elder of the church is somebody who's, uh, sensible, devout, self-controlled, uh, not self-willed, not quick tempered not addicted to wine, uh, not fond of sort of getting, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's like levels for sure, but to go with what, You're saying to maybe somebody who's not in leadership, but who's finding their way through the the faith. I think there definitely are people and it's almost like a personality thing, maybe, you know, because I know and Jerry, this isn't a knock, but I'll pick on you right now. But I know I can't you can't go to Jerry with like, how could you like you're Mm -hmm. what are you doing? And
1: that's just truth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Why would you do this? You know, better type of thing, you know. Uh, because Jerry's already feeling bad as it is. Mm -hmm. And that's basically like kicking him while he's down, you know what I mean? And I think, um, a good example maybe is like the woman at the well, like she was living Mm -hmm. in sin at the moment. Right. Yeah. Right. She was, uh, with a man outside of her marriage and Jesus knew this and he didn't like say he, he, he obviously knew what she was doing and like called her out on that, but he wasn't like, How could you do this? Yeah. You know, that's wrong. You're a terrible person. That is absolutely wrong. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he met her just with truth. And obviously he's the perfect, like (laughs) the perfect one to do it, but truth and love in doing that. But yeah, I think definitely people need like a kick in the butt sometimes. Oh, yeah. Just in anything, you know, in routines, like in work. Uh, I think for a little bit, it's like cool to meet him with that love on like for almost full love. Right. Yeah. And just like a little bit of truth in it. Cause that's all people can intake maybe, you know, but I think especially it just goes with the personality and maybe how much uh you gave you gauging as a leader, like their growth. Right. Yeah. Gauging like where they're at. And then maybe how firm or like lo-
1: lovey-dovey <laughs> yeah. that you do. You, yeah. I don't know. And, and you're right. Like certain people, need things certain ways like i know i'll i'll say him because you know he's my brother and i know if i need to talk to him like if i talk to to alex alex p if i talk to him i'm going to be more straight and direct because i understand i know him and that's how he receives it that's the type of person he is for me like you said it's 100 correct um like i'm super hypercritical on myself so before you even mention it to me i'm like I'm like, Oh my gosh, everybody knows like I'm messing up. I can't believe I'm doing this, this, and I'll stew on it and stew on it. And that's like something that's, you know, not, a, not a, something that's great that I do, but kind of even bringing it back. Um, when you said, if you try to talk to somebody or even giving them straight, mm-hmm. like I just thought of this verse, cause I was, you know, just thinking about it. It's Matthew 18, 15 to 16. It says, if another believer sins against you privately, go and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses you have the one, you have won that person back. But if you were unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be committed by two or three witnesses. Mm-hmm. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then if he or she won't accept the church decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. Ouch. It's pretty it's pretty like severe mm-hmm. sounding, right? But mm-hmm. I, w- I would figure that's probably the same way as someone, maybe, you know, especially a leader, someone who's continually living in sin. Say I'm a leader and Chuck knows that, you know, maybe... I don't know, maybe my big thing is, like, I'm a drug addict. Like, I I legit, I'm a drug addict. And he's like, hey, I understand, like, you're going through something. And it's not to go anything else, you know. Obviously, we know stuff about addiction. But maybe there's other sins where I'm, like, continually, just habitually doing And I'm disobeying. I'm not making a mistake, but I am disobeying intentionally. Mm -hmm. Um, Brings it up to me. And I'm like, oh, well, all right. But if I continue to do it, I continue to do it, you know, it needs to be met with that thing where you grab Dylan, you maybe grab somebody else who's a leader and be like, hey, you if you're going to continue to serve in a position of leadership or you're going to continue, you know, to do this thing, like, as your brother, we love you, but you need to fix this up, dude. Yeah. So, I think that's probably a good way to approach it, you yeah. know, for those people, especially, especially in positions of leadership, I would say.
0: Yeah. And I think even more, and say they're not in a position of leadership, it's just for correction, right? It's just for, mm-hmm. like uh I, and here's where i want to like make a very clear distinction is that god isn't this person with all these rules it's like god has set these things because ultimately they will benefit us yeah. you know they they're going to benefit us he has all these values that are uh written all throughout the bible that genuinely benefit us. And it goes back to um, the heart, right? Yeah. It would have to because, and where's your heart, where's your spirit at? Because like you said, and and it's in the in the notes too, there's like a difference between um, being disobedient and just like messing up, yeah. you know what I mean? Because uh, in life, I think that when you're disobedient, you you are in anything. Like say you're on the job and they're like, You're not supposed to freaking play World of Warcraft. (laughs) (laughs) Freaking? Yeah. Uh uh Bringing this back. Oh, Um, (laughs) shit. I think I forgot where I'm going. World of Warcraft. No, but you're not supposed to do that. And it's like, you know you're not supposed to, but you're still going to do it. And you take that into the faith and into relationship with Jesus. These things are put in place here to, like I said, benefit us and uh, provide us gain and bring heaven to earth almost you know and yeah. uh when we're disobeying we're not living in that and i think it goes mm-hmm. back to the intentions of your heart right because you could put on the show and whatever but deep down within i don't know what's going on well, it's between you and god and uh, maybe there hasn't been a genuine connection i know for me like i've put on that show for mm. many years and there's i'll right. go through spurts where i feel like i'm still putting on the show you know because yeah. Of just being tired or whatever it may be, but I know growing up it was I claimed something like, "Oh yeah, I'm a Christian, but I definitely didn't live like what I guess what you would say what a Christian lifestyle yeah. is like whoever says that, you know what I mean, yeah, like whatever that means, but I think it just goes back to uh where the heart's at and where people are at, because if there's when you mess up, it's like you tripped, mm-hmm. you know, you tripped, you made a mistake, yeah. And when you're just disobeying, it's like, I know what's right, I know what's good, but I'm not going to do
1: that, you know? <laughs> so, so, I guess my question I'd pose in here to maybe some people who are listening, maybe there's people who are, are struggling with a an area of sin in their life, um, would be what about someone that has like a stronghold so if you don't know yeah. if you're listening you don't maybe know what that term is it's that's kind of what it is it's an area of sin specifically usually used by you know it's like a christianese sort of language where um that is like where you just can't kick it it's just something you struggle with severely whether it be lust or maybe you know going back to cussing or um you know insert whatever sin maybe you're really struggling there cuz i i think there's most most people struggle with one specific type of sin there's one thing that they really have a hard time with um and you know you trip on other stuff but the stronghold's a weird one because it's it's one you're 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 disobeying because you know it's wrong because it's something you struggle with but it's one of those ones where you're like dude i'm trying and i'm trying to get better but it's one i'm having a hard time just kicking the habit
0: well i think that's something that is uh you're not in very much control of that of like a stronghold i would say Mm -hmm. you know you can have the power to move away from things, but I'm, I could be wrong, but I I think a stronghold's more a spiritual, like hold over you. Like there's something that's Mm -hmm. just maybe working against you. And obviously we, as Christians, we believe in a devil, right? But it's, it's a stronghold. It's something that, uh, and I think this was in the show notes last week, but we didn't talk about it, but it's something that it almost feels like that's who you are. Mm. like your identity yeah it's you can't do and it feels like there's nothing you can do to get you past that right? right and you can read all the biblical truth like jesus is reigns high above all god reigns high above all over every uh principality over every darkness all darkness over uh all the nations of the earth you know you could read all that but uh it could be something where it's just like it doesn't seem like he can do this one, you know? And you're trying, you're trying to get past it. And so that's what I, I feel like a stronghold's almost like on a different level than maybe just like, oh, I'm just disobeying. Mm -hmm. It's something where your identity's just been mistaken, twisted by the devil, and he's holding uh, onto you with that, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think?
2: I mean, I... This might be the unpopular opinion, but when it comes to like a stronghold, for in my sense, in my mind, it's like it's not something that we can't do. Let me rephrase that. When it comes to any sin and dabbling in any sin and say it is a stronghold, I mean, through the power of Jesus, it's like we can get through all of that. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we've we can become our own worst enemy in that stance where it's like, I just can't do this. I, mm-hmm. I I don't have the strength. And it's like, no, 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 no. And I don't remember the, the verse, but it's that verse of how um, God doesn't give you anything that you can't handle. And that verse is talking about sin. And it, it's talking about how there's no sin that you can't overcome through Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we tend to hold on to the fact where, it, hey, this is a stronghold, I'm gonna hold on to that word stronghold, and I'm gonna mm. hold on to that sin because mm. I'm gonna walk around saying, "Oh, hey, like if say for instance, Jared, since you're picking on me, like, hey, Jared, <laughs> like you, you still, um, you still cussing or whatever, whatever the stronghold might be, right? And you'd be and Jared might be like, well, yeah, I am. It's a it's my stronghold, and they might even like wear it as a label, like that's who I am, oh, almost in a way, you saying. know? Yeah, and we've kind of maybe even given it an excuse for us to sin, mm-hmm. and I think going back on the idea of like. We, we kind of talked about what kind of didn't, but just like that, like we might be dabbling into sin and we know it's wrong and we want to stop or versus the habitual sin where we're in this sin and we don't want to tell anybody because we like it too much. Oh, you see what I'm saying? okay. Yeah. 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 And it was a kind of a, a long response to that, but I think there's two very clear distinctions between someone that has a stronghold that can get through it through Jesus, but someone that has a stronghold that holds on to it because they don't want really the deep downside, don't really want to get through with it.
0: Okay, I hear what you guys are saying. I think we're on two different levels because what I was thinking of stronghold was uh. So for me, I remember we did rooted. I think we're all in that yeah. same rooted group, right. At Jarrett's house, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was uh four years ago, five years ago? Very long something time ago. Something like About that. Four. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And uh like twenty sixteen. I remember there's a moment where it's like you write your strongholds down and like pray over them as a group and like choose a few people. It's like every person's gonna get prayed for yeah. and like hands laid on you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The whole the whole shot. And I know for me that stronghold wasn't necessarily at that time like I'm really addicted to porn mm-hmm. or I'm uh super addicted to smoking whatever you know it wasn't something like that it was the shame it was absolute shame uh over the over the idea of being a cheater specifically i remember i remember being in that group and i had like the little paper and i couldn't my hands started shaking like this like shaking bad and i couldn't even say it because it was almost me having to confront that shame f- mm. head on, you know? Yeah. And so right. for, for me, I know in that moment, uh, that's what the stronghold was. Like that deep, heavy, intense burden of shame that I really mm. felt the enemy, the devil was really holding me there and had me in a cage right there to the point where I couldn't even read this gotcha. to you guys. You know yeah. what I mean? I couldn't yeah. even do it. My hands were shaking. I was sweating because – it was confronting the harsh reality of my shame and that's what i was thinking of gotcha. when when we uh talk about strongholds but uh, i think they definitely go both ways and i do think in just justifying sin yeah if you're watching porn or if you're like you know what i just uh lie a lot yeah. it's like my strong i i think and i don't want to downgrade anything right of downplay anything but i yeah it could definitely be used as something to kind of get the attention away from me where it's like oh it's just so powerful over me yeah but.
1: yeah people use it as a cop-out or they you know they accept it you're like oh this is just the thorn in my side you know <laughs> like that's just and I, I felt that way like not because and <laughs> not even like saying the thorn in my side to say that mm. i was like oh my gosh this is tormenting me it was just one where i was like hey like this is my sin I'm cool i don't do this you know i'm not like doing drugs i'm not like sleeping around i'm not you know doing all these other things this is just the one thing that i allow myself to do and it's wrong (laughs) but i'm gonna continue to do it because it's at that point it was like yeah it's just what i do yeah who i am it's part of me
0: yeah it becomes your identity yeah
1: and and i wasn't like even like a thing like i'm not gonna talk about you know what my son was was i'm not gonna tell people i do it but it's no big deal i just i do that I do that sin, yeah, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of my little secret. Can we actually speak to that?
2: So, because like Dylan yeah. brought it up, we like talked on. Um, we, we had this class that rooted at our church, and all of us were in that group. Mm-hmm. And I remember now my my stronghold at that time. I think I was twenty twenty one, and um, I was just starting off in ministry. And the biggest stronghold I had was looking at women lustfully. Like I remember, I I remember texting a buddy of mine and I would just be like at Starbucks and someone would walk in and I knew like, I can't go to the Starbucks anymore because there was way too many beautiful women that would walk through <laughs> and I would sit there and I'd like, look, and it is like absolutely horrible. And I'm sure that some of us that are like listening right now or watching that probably deal with that. And that was something, cause again, I was just starting off in ministry as a junior high quote unquote pastor. Um, I didn't want to bring any of that up because it's like you're a pastor; you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm 22; I'm 20, so I'm just like I'm young. I, I'm <laughs> like, I, what do I don't know how to deal with this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I remember in that rooted group though that night where it was like, all right, like let's talk about this. I was like, oh god, I don't want to do this. Like this uh-huh. sounds absolutely horrible. And I just remember talking about that though and just getting it out on the plate. Um, and from the previous weeks on, from that moment, there was accountability. And not only was there accountability, but I just felt like that way of holding on to that was lifted and I was slowly able to stop looking at women in a lustful way every time they would walk in through a Starbucks. Right. Um, and I think that's something so um, amazing and just having that accountability around you when it does come to a stronghold or it comes to any type of sin like that is to share that with somebody. Mm-hmm. And I, like you even said, Dylan, it's just like having to break out of that shame and it's the same thing for me. So it's like, if you are listening right now or watching it's like you yeah, have that stronghold like tell someone about it tell someone you you trust because i think that's such a huge weight that can be lifted off of someone's shoulders that you don't have to bear anymore
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's absolutely true and i think what we don't realize uh your guys is what well, you guys just said both go hand in hand because jared was talking about it's like oh this is just my thing yeah like, accepting it almost and mm-hmm. but he doesn't do all this and we do that in our head mm-hmm. it's like we create these levels of sin right because apparently we're god yeah and we set the levels of sin like but this isn't as bad as that you know (laughs) and we do that so much it's like well even in comparison comparing your lives to people it's like i'm here i'm not where i want to be but i'm at least i'm not like (laughs) my homie from high school who's doing you know and we do that and we do the same thing with sin just like Jerry said it's like we could start justifying ourselves because it's not as bad as this person's sin whatever that means like that's not even a thing because we're all human beings we all we all fall short of the glory of god right and we're all on an even playing field so i I, it's so frustrating when i do that to myself you know or i or i hear people i guess um in leadership and you don't hear it often right uh that probably gets said a lot behind closed doors but (laughs) um you hear people talk like that and myself included it's it's so wrong, and I think that just adds to the fuel of um, God's a, a bookkeeper, like the yeah. rule keeper, you know what I mean? Because, oh, I did this thing, which is like a level 10 sin, red <laughs> alert, you know? <laughs> a level 10.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. a level
0: 10, like, oh my gosh, how could I do this? And yeah. then for you, uh, you were in a moment where you're mm-hmm. like, this is the worst thing, you mm-hmm. know? And myself included, too, in that same root group, where we thought we were just the worst. We couldn't move on we couldn't get past that and it it just goes it's like that rule keeper in you especially because you're a pastor you're like oh i'm not allowed all right i shouldn't be here like in this sin or whatever Mm and it's so wacky how we get you know and it's it's just insane i don't
2: know and and to add on to what dylan just said too, how we like start comparing ourselves to other people i used to just compare myself to myself Mm -hmm. so when it came to like sin and this one i feel like a lot of guys deal with it's like oh i watch porn but at least i don't have sex And that's a huge one, I feel like, when it comes to guys. Mm -hmm. and But I was comparing myself to myself. Like, what? And going back to, like, God's this rule keeper, quote, unquote, um, saying, like, well, at least I'm not doing that. Like, to myself, though. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there because I feel like all of us can do that at some times. Where it's not just a comparison from somebody else, but the comparison of ourselves.
1: Yeah, 100%, dude. And that, specifically that, like, Rudy group, Mm -hmm. that was, like a huge turning point kind of where in my life, because that was the beginning of 2016. I think it was like end of 2015, beginning of 2016. Uh, It was right around that time, because I had just graduated from college. I was in a really long relationship through an entire time. And then I remember 2016, like was a whole different chapter of my life. I was out of school. I was like that weird moment when you graduate college and you're like, I need to like grow up and get a real job. (laughs) Like, I don't know what to do. Like, and I had, like I was working towards something. I had an, a job, but it wasn't, you know, what I wanted. Um, but that was, and, and Chuck kind of pretty much took the words out of my mouth. Like that was my sin. My, I, what I told myself was I'm watching porn, but at least I'm not sleeping around. Yeah. And you know, I just thought I was so, so holy because apparently <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay to watch porn as long as you're not having premarital sex in my mind. That's how I justified it. But that was also, it brings up a good topic. That was my stronghold that mm. kept me from ministry and I remember because I remember talking to to Chuck one day, and I was like, I I, I kind of was explaining. I was like, I want to be in ministry so bad, but I feel like I'm just not good enough, and I feel like I, I just once I get to this point, once I finally stop watching porn, once I I kick that, then I'll be good. And at the same time, it was you know, that was one of the points where I remember Charlie was talking to me. He said, "Hey, um, have you have you ever been interested in doing like youth ministry?" I was like, "Yeah, like I love it." Was like, All right, come come up and at the time it was Converge, which is now you know, have Youth, a shout out. Um, woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> but that was one of those things, and I remember you, Chuck even gave me a book. Uh, it was from Stephen Furtick, and one of the things that really was really big was, you know, God doesn't um, call the qualified; He yeah. qualifies the called. And that was a stronghold that really kind of like took over my life because it prevented me from wanting to do ministry. I had so much shame. I had so much, and even though I justified what I was doing, I had so much shame that held me back from something that actually like legitimately changed my life. And, you know, I I love youth ministry. And now I feel like I'm like the old man and it's really hard (laughs) for me because I'm tired all the time, but it held me back from so much blessings and then actually Mm -hmm. so much, you know, really good things about being able to pour into these kids and then God impacting my life in a great way, just doing all sorts of great things, whether it's, it was Tuesdays at the time or Wednesdays now. And then, you know, mission trips, all sorts of cool things. So that was like, that was a really big time, but yeah, luckily, luckily, you know, we were all able to experience that and we were able to kind of get our, our, our sins off our chest. Yeah. Which is great, which is great about church and great about confessing sins to your brothers and sisters, not keeping them in, Obviously, confessing him to Jesus right away—it's important. But confessing him to your brothers and sisters is—it's something else, and it really, really helps a lot.
2: Yeah,
0: I think it takes uh, people to ask like those questions too, you know, with people that you care about, having those intentional conversations. Because, like us three, we could go out to eat and not talk about anything like remotely uh, real <laughs> at all, you know. We could yeah. just joke around the whole time, which that's very important to do. Yeah. You know, that's ultra important to do. But if it's just that all the time, it's like, okay, where's the growth here? You know, yeah. where's the intentionality in this relationship? And yeah. I, I feel like that's a big thing right now, too, is just mm-hmm. asking harder questions, right? Asking oh, the yeah. things and talking about the things that are real, you know, talking about things that um, matter. and. I don't know about y'all, but I think our heart and souls matter, you know, and God wants what's best for us. And A little bit. I, a little tangent, I guess, <laughs> that I wanted to go on when you were talking, Jared, made me think it's like it's so true. When we just get wrapped up in shame and like mm. that stuff, mm-hmm. it it holds us back from truly walking in like what God would have for us, you yep. know, what God wants for us. And Amen. Because in, in those things of shame is usually when we t- tend to find like the symptoms, you know what I mean? The things, the the things that show up on the outside, whether it be drinking, partying, uh, partying, sleeping around, drugs, um, just being angry all the time. You know yeah, what I mean? It's right. it's it typically is just tied back to our shame, you know. And then you just have the outward expression of that. And man, if we could only just start being more honest and more real with each other, right? Yeah, just as absolutely. like as like a normal thing, we could. Not waste a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. It would help out a lot. Oh yeah, a hundred percent for sure.
1: Yeah, if only. But I mean, if you're not, if you're not really, and if you're, if you're not talking about this kind of stuff, um, in your friendships, I just want to encourage you. If you're listening to this, and maybe you are struggling with this sin, or maybe you need that accountability partner, um, please do, please do. Or if um, you're, you know, maybe somebody that's in a position of leadership, or if you're, you know if If you need to if you feel the the call in your heart to mentor somebody or you have that kind of call you or you feel like you have that experience, reach out because I guarantee you especially I think something that was on my heart um as somebody who I still consider myself a young man and I'm not old quiet of yet um having somebody who's a little bit older a little bit wiser in position to be able to kind of talk to you, yeah. maybe say, "Hey, I've struggled with that or You know, I've been there, I've done that, and that's what's great about discipleship, you know, being having those people in your life. And it's great having people who are my same age, but having somebody that's a little older kind of tell you and help lead you in that path, especially when you're struggling with something or you're really in a spot. Or they can recognize like, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, when I was 21 and, you know, showing up to church hungover. I remember that. (laughs) Don't do that.
0: <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> um, we just kinda, me.
2: <laughs> we kind of talked about this and I just am, am curious because I think, Jared, you said it where it was like I've missed or you felt like you missed out so much. Well, um from like blessings from God because of like the shame that you wrapped yourself up into. And I think a lot of times we can get the two things confused. And I see my, my, my point of view one way, but I want to ask you guys, do you think when you say you do sin and you're wrapped up in shame, do you think that's God hindering your blessings? Or do you think that's just yourself hindering them? If that makes
0: sense. I think it's definitely yourself. You know, I think one of the greatest examples is just, the Old Testament in general, and especially <laughs> uh, judges. And it's just fresh on the top of my mind because I'm reading it right now. But it's like every chapter, like at least two times, it's like Israel was following God, and then they started doing <laughs> worshiping about ba- Baal and yeah. uh, false gods and being impure, like all that stuff. And then so God sent the Midianites or the Philistines to oppress them, That's, you know yeah. what I mean, and to to reign to reign over them and give make their life hell, honestly, yeah. you know, and it's just that up and down constantly, and I think that's kind of what it is they hold they chose to do those things, you know what yeah. I mean? they chose to uh make a promise to God and basically not <laughs> hold up to it you know oh, yeah, right. over mm-hmm. and over and over and over and over, and you see that up and down, and that up and down wasn't like God saying, Oh, you know what' I'm going to hold it back at this time and mm. then at this time and then at this time. it's it's them actively choosing to not follow what god would have for them you yeah. know
2: I, th- I think that's so key because like how you were saying and the reason why i asked it was because like going back to this idea of like sometimes we think god is a rule keeper i think sometimes we think because we messed up god is holding us back from the blessings that in our mind we think we want but realistically We're our own worst enemy, and we do that to ourselves. And Uh, we see it over and over again, just like you were saying in Judges. And we just see it. Um, I I was just reading the story of David and Bathsheba when when he, for lack of better terms, had sex with Bathsheba. Yeah. And um, we see what he had to or what he did to try and cover up that sin, and yet we still see God use him because at the end of the day, he further on repented. Mm -hmm. But He didn't let that, in a way, kind of hold him back, even though there was a lot of remorse. There was a lot of things that he had to go through. He was super depressed. Yeah, like, I'm not over here saying, sin and go and
0: follow God. But, well, I am saying that. But, but (laughs) wait, isn't that crazy, though? Like, you could tell somebody, like, you could sin and God will still bless you. Yeah. Like, that's a truth. It's 100% truth. That's a weird thing to just think about, but sorry, continue. No, no, no. Uh, Let's talk about that. Yeah. Because I think that's, like, a great topic that statement in and of itself is a truth right because god's grace uh we are not the people who own god's grace right we don't get to pick and choose where it goes god does and god blesses people over and over who are not following his will yeah and i think that's a big thing that probably a lot of people have with christianity (laughs) you know what i mean because it's like at some point it does end and it's because jesus you know he was a sacrifice that came and just like through all like the attitudes of like get what you give type of thing, mm. like out the window, like all the logic of that is like gone. Like, because if you just accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, like you'll be saved for one, but here on earth, like God still blesses people who aren't following
1: His will. Yeah. And it's so hard, like, that's one thing I to this day still struggle with. Where after, like, if I mess up or I do something stupid, um, my immediate reaction, which because I've done it for majority of my life, is just to feel so shameful Mm. and to be depressed and upset. And I, and I I feel like I have to feel that way. Like if I don't feel that way, then something's wrong with me. That's a big one. And it's, and I know it's bad because I wouldn't, after I've sinned, the one thing I wanted was like, oh, man, I want God to forgive me. Like, I just want to be back on his good graces because that's how I view. I, I've i always kind of seen it, even though I grew up in church. I went to, to Christian school. Like, this is stuff that I kind of knew. I knew grace and mercy. Like, these things are fundamental, yet – I always am like, no, you reap what you sow, you know. Like I, I said twelve cuss words yesterday, and guess what? Like I'm about to get twelve, like my 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 tires are gonna be slashed, or you know something bad's gonna happen to me. And I always think that way. Or even going back to what you were saying, you know, in this episode and last one, where it's like, oh well, like if I just am, if I'm good for like a month, like. Then that you're to me, back on your feet. Yeah, like I always have to go and I'm like, oh, once I read my Bible every day again or once I'm listening to worship every day again. It's like it's a never-ending cycle where I'm never good enough just to serve God. And that's the biggest lie we tell ourselves, mm-hmm. that we're never good enough to serve God. But the thing is, you're always good enough to serve God because we suck. We suck and God <laughs> knows this. It's like he knows we're going to come out and be these little selfish Balls of meat, like and balls. we just, we just were terrible. <laughs> yeah, we're from the time that we're infants, we're selfish and we're just we're terrible. We're mean little kid. Like if you look at toddlers and you're like, oh man, little kids are so great. No, toddlers are are, are little little terrorists. They're terrible. Oh, the terrible twos. But God allows us. We grow up and gives us grace. So when Charlie decides to go out and you know cuss out the person that cut him off on the ninety one, nice which almost seems justified these days, <laughs> he's going to forgive him, And Chuck can go to church and he could serve and he could still go out and preach because he doesn't need to be perfect to be a pastor or a Christian. Yeah, And that's what's great about God's grace. Mm-hmm. Hard to accept at times, but it's great.
2: And I think even going off of that, because I think there's a fine line when we walk on that. Granted, cussing out someone in our in our human minds, we can think of it like, oh, that's minor. But it still holds value to it and saying like, that's that's a serious thing. But I think that goes back too, to the idea of like, I And we kind of talked about this last week in the idea of cussing. Say, like, I do get angry, and every once in a while I might say something that, hey, I probably shouldn't say. But the thing is, that's not a habitual sin in my life. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to, like, I need to repent, and I'm still working towards, like, hey, like I'm not perfect. I need to keep doing what I'm doing. I need to keep, like, focusing on Jesus, and I'm not holding that back of this, maybe I have a habitual sin that's, like, holding me and holding me and holding me. And I think sometimes we can, and I think we talked about this a little bit, but we get caught up on that idea now where it's like, what is a habitual sin and what isn't a habitual sin? Mm -hmm. Because like, for for instance, like what Jared was just saying is like me cussing someone out that isn't a habitual sin in my life. But maybe on the side, like somebody doesn't know, like maybe I watch porn every night. You know what I mean? And I think because Jared said like you can still go into the church and you can still go do that. So I want to ask you guys that question. Like, is there a line? For like habitual sin and still serving in the church, oh. and a a sin that we might just dabble in. And we talked about it a little bit, but I feel like we can even dive a little bit even more into that.
0: And in, spe- in specifically serving,
2: serving, or even just like maybe the shame of like I can't walk into church. And we talked about that uh. like about the some people that I, I've known that have habitual sins that they feel like if they walk into the church they're going to burn
0: up. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so I think. Uh, on the habitual sin thing, I think it's important we should like clarify that, I guess. Okay. But habitual sin to me is there's like habitual sin and there's like the stub your toe moment, you know. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And you could take this reference for all walks of life, I'm sure. And <clears throat> I'm sure some people probably upset with how I say this, but there's like the middle of the night unexpected just stub your freaking pinky toe on the door hinge or whatever you Mm -hmm. know and that word just comes out of your mouth like so fluid so ready to go (laughs) but outside of that nothing like maybe that speech doesn't leave your your mouth you know at all and i think in life in general it's just the truth of the the matter that there is a god and there's a devil and he's prowling around you know Mm. like roaring lion he's like ready to go and there comes times in our life where we stub our toe figuratively and whatever it is maybe stubbing your toe is you just got fired randomly Mm. um from your job or randomly you found out um that your best friend's been talking crap on you or your best friend's been hating on you whatever it is you know there's tons of uh maybe you found out that like your husband's leaving you or your wife's leaving whatever it is that He's random middle of the night, like yeah. wasn't expecting this, just boom. And in those moments, as human beings, we do our best to process, but we're quicker at reacting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we, I know me personally, and I think dudes in general just need to take some time to just process things and yeah. think through things. But immediately our, our reaction is to react to do something where maybe something dumb comes out or you go and do like, life doesn't matter right now. I'm going to go get (laughs) wasted at the bar, you know what I mean? And pick up on the first woman or pick, or if you're a woman, pick up on the first dude, whatever it is, you know? And I think there's definitely a difference between um, like those moments, because I think that that's not like a habitual sin in your Mm -hmm. life. And right now we're talking about habitual sin. Like earlier we said sin is sin and it's a hundred percent sin is sin. But I think that's not really a habitual sin. Like if somebody messed up, Just randomly, or something happened like that. I don't think it it necessarily needs this. Oh, we need to sit down and be counseled for three months, or sit down and be counseled for six months. Sometimes I think it's just like, hey, like pick yourself up, like let's go. I still love you. You're Mm -hmm. you're awesome. Like let's keep going. Thank you for sharing that with me. Let's pray and let's move forward. You Mm -hmm. know, let's do that rather than the oh, you messed up for the first time in this area in like two years. Like, well, you know what? You're back where you started, (laughs) you know, two years ago. And so I think in just levels of leadership, I think people deserve grace who are in leadership the same as everybody else does, you know? I don't know.
2: Let me ask you this then, just to add on to it. Do you feel like grace would run When does the
0: the factor of grace run out? If Uh, it does run out? I don't think it does. I mean, there's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We talked about that. Or that was me, Jake, and Phil, but... That's like the unforgivable sin, at least it says in the Bible, you know? Mm-hmm. But I th- I don't think grace runs out, dude. I think grace runs out where back to the heart, maybe. I don't know. Because mm-hmm. if in your heart, it's just not there. There's no connection with God. It's all a facade. I think um, you're just going to keep doing what you're doing. And yeah. eventually, because the thing is, there are consequences to sin. Oh, yeah. You know, God forgives you 100%, but there are consequences to sin just in everything in life, you know, you're, you're you're building after that, you know, and like, uh, if I go and do something dumb, especially if it involves other people, Mm. that's, and you change somebody's life like that. Doesn't just go away. You know what I mean? There's consequences to that. So I think grace doesn't run out, but consequences are real, you know, and, It's that's like taught at at a elementary level, you know, Yeah. like accept the consequences of your actions, (laughs) you know? Yeah. What do you think, Jerry?
1: I would say, I think kind of just reading into what Chuck's saying, correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like you're saying like, especially in maybe like somebody who's a leader or like you said, in serving. Yeah. Just anything. Well, so I would say it kind of depends. So depending on what role that person plays or something like that. So, I would say, you know, when it comes to serving, I think everybody should serve. You should be involved in some sort of ministry, Um, not because it's you have to, but I think it's it's just great for you. Um, Do I? Am I going to really like sit down and make it a really big deal? If you know, every job in the church is important, every ministry is important, but God even says some people are hands, some people feet, some are the mouth. Um, If you know the person who is on parking lot duty or a greeter. if they are habitually sinning, that's one thing. You know, let me say maybe address it. But is it going to be a big deal? As if, you know, a deacon or an elder, if they're habitually sinning, and also, I, I think you just got to take it worth a grain of salt. You have to figure like, okay, well, I think we should bring it up. But are you going to make it quite a, as big a deal as somebody who's like that, or mm. the pastor? Even, um, I don't think if you know, you know, you're a pastor and you're struggling with something, I'm not going to be like, Hey, you know what? Like I'm gonna go grab, you know, pastor Jim. I'm gonna yeah. sit down and be like, Hey, we need to talk Chuck. Cause if you can't fix this, you're fired. You're done. You no longer an employee <laughs> of the church and you're out.
0: God hates yeah. you. At yeah. That point, right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, it, it, it's one of those things is weird because I definitely agree. There d- does need to be accountability, but I think churches should structure it better. So I would okay. say maybe if it's something you're kind of struggling with or something that you messed up, sit down, talk, Go from there. If it happens again, maybe do a little like probationary thing where Mm. it's like, Hey, every week we're sitting and talking every week you're counseling and you're going to check in with me. And it needs to be something that you kind of seek because I think so many times it can go very impulsive real quick where it's like, Oh, well you made that huge mistake. Cool. Shame, shame, shame. I, I, you know, there needs to be this big deal made out of it. But I also think, you know, as a probably somebody in leadership, if they take, you know, their position seriously and then also in church, um, they're going to heed to it. Mm. If they are in this area that they're struggling so much, maybe it's not good for them to be a leader at that point. Not saying that I can't go back because I don't think it's like once you're done, you're done. Mm. But I think you just need to be careful. I think, like I said, you're, you're judged more harshly. harshly, And if you're you're doing something stupid, you shouldn't be doing, especially when it's involving leading other people. It's not just you, you know, you're at stake. It's everybody else. Yeah. But I don't know. I think there needs to be that good middle ground. It can't be a a one and done, you know, you're done from the job or, hey, Jared, I heard you say a cuss word when you were playing Xbox the other night. You're not going to be leading on Wednesdays anymore. It's like, I'm fired whatever, dude. Like, (laughs) I I guess I made a mistake. But I I understand where you're coming from. I don't think grace doesn't run out, but positions of leadership and needs to kind of be handled a certain way.
0: Hmm.
2: I have so many questions. Like on top of that, this <laughs> ask another one. All right, because we're talking about grace, and it does does grace run out? Um, do you think then? Because going off of grace, do you think someone can lose their salvation, or is it once saved always saved?
0: Oh, that's that dude. That's like you're a going to fundamental principle of theology. It's super deep. It's super, yeah, deep. A it's super deep. I'm not even prepared to answer <laughs> that right now.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of schools of thought. Mm -hmm. when it comes to that and you know that's a lot of people if you're a calvinist or a lutheran and stuff like that and i this kind of stuff gets me real excited i like reading to it well
0: because (laughs) (laughs) it's like a lot
1: of people like think
0: that oh maybe the big thing is maybe they weren't always saved because if somebody Mm could have like truly accept and know the love of god like who would ever want to turn away from that so maybe they're not they were never actually saved you know Mm -hmm. it's (laughs) Oh my it's God. <laughs> a hard question and then,
2: like, it, even for you guys that are listening right now or watching this. like that's a, it's a deep question to really ask yourself um, but like just going off of that idea of grace it's like for me because I even get twisted because there's moments where I'm like oh yeah once saved always saved but then I also look at it I'm like well no like if you're saved and then you completely walk away from the faith it's like you're obviously not saved mm-hmm. and I think sometimes it can be black and white or sometimes there's like moments where I'm like, "Well, I I don't know. And then like, I, for instance, it's like, I know Jesus was speaking this in a parable, but I look at the prodigal son once with his father, Mm -hmm. meaning Jesus walks away, goes to a distant land. Mm -hmm. Like in that moment, he separated from his father. So like in my mind, I'm looking at that story. I'm like, okay, maybe one saved, always saved. Isn't a thing. And it's a deep way to look at it. And obviously, the prodigal son comes back to his father, and they have a big supper, and they kill the fattened pig, and it's an awesome feast. Wish I was there. Mm, sounds dope. Bacon. It does. Bacon. <laughs> um, if you're a vegetarian, I'm sorry, but it just goes off of that story, and that's where I, I asked the question of, does grace run out? But again, this is oh, a deep. Yeah, I would from say that route.
1: I would say if you're. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus came, died, um, I think part of it is there's a continual process of a very Christianese word called sanctification. Mm-hmm. And there's a, it's like an ongoing process of purification of the heart to be more like Christ. But I think what comes with that is if you truly believe in Jesus, you will also do what he says. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think you could, I, do I think that somebody could be a terrible person all their life one moment feel bad and say, God, forgive me for my sins. I believe you're Jesus. I believe you came and died. And then later you're like, ah, that was stupid. I'm never able to do that. No, no, I, I I, really don't believe that. Um, God. And this is not something I would say is 100% set in stone. Um, I think it, it depends on different schools of theological thought, uh, especially by denomination. And, you know, everybody has their own kind of take on it. Um, Just to preface to, I'm also uh, I don't work for a church. I'm not a pastor. So this is just kind of ramblings of a a dumb 27 year old guy. But I I really do truly believe that if you believe in Jesus and you are a Christian, somebody who aspires to be like Christ, um, yeah, you can eventually walk away. I could turn my back on God, Mm -hmm. give him a double middle finger and just leave. And I, and I don't believe that I'm, I don't think I'm going to go to heaven after like just completely walking away and saying, I'm done with this life. If I decide to do that and I just live in sin and I'm like, Oh, whatever. Now, maybe I'm a backslider. Maybe I come back. I can come back. I, I And I think that's where grace comes back. But the thing is, I think that's a big part. You came back. Yeah. If you leave, you're gone forever, but you're making that decision, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what's great. Cause we do have free will, which is a whole nother different topic too. But I think that's, what's great. We have that option to choose. We don't have to serve God. We don't have to be Christians. You could live in sin as much as you want. And you don't ever have to be a Christian. You never have to be able to believe in God. Going back to what Dylan said, there's always repercussions for your sin. Nah, grace. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you uh, reap what you sow. Oh,
0: man, that's that. It,
2: it's a deep question. I'm sorry I threw it on you guys, but it was just like oh, you, nah, it,
0: was it was on my mind. Well, it's just like God always judges the intentions of the heart, mm-hmm. right? And so, truly, it it. It comes down to because I know there's a lot of people on both sides who Mm -hmm. say, like, oh, no, you're always saved. or like, no, you can be away. And I think it just comes down to, like, your soul, your spirit, your heart with God, you know? I think that's something that maybe we'll find out when we get to the other side. Yeah. When we get to Valhalla. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, So that's, yeah, that's that's one needs like a, a segment that it's yeah, like, that's a, a whole episode right there. Yeah. So I don't know about all that, but yeah,
2: I sorry. I threw it <laughs> on you, but yeah, it was just like,
0: cause
1: again, it's just going off that whole grace idea, but I'm sorry. <laughs> My last thought on this will be somebody that's a Christian. You die your old ways. You're dying to yourself and we're becoming a new transformation. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think there is a renewal process, And it goes with it, you know, not only just baptism of the flesh, but of the spirit as well. There's so much that goes into it. My last one is going to be, I think you can walk away from your faith and I think you can go the opposite direction. I don't think you say that prayer once and you're good because God has grace, but that's I I, I, I mean, next time, if we have a whole episode on this, I'm going to come with like, I guess my own. where I kind of draw from my theology but yeah. yeah I think there's definitely a walking away and I mean if it sounds kind of harsh to people who maybe aren't christians I'm sorry but there's as somebody that follows Jesus you you're continually trying to be like God you're not perfect but it's a process it's sanctification you you every single day every single day you're aspiring to be better if you're just living like you don't care and you say that one prayer it's just it's just not how it works yeah so I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. If I'm an idiot, I'm an idiot. It's all right. Same. You probably are. Uh, <laughs> Comment down on YouTube. If you're watching Jared's an idiot. <laughs> as long as you like it, though. That is very true. That is, yeah.
0: That's pretty good. But we could start wrapping up, I guess, because we there's like a million things that
1: we still didn't get to, but. Yeah. I really, I was actually really excited to talk about like, I wanted to hit on like a topic of like CBD and vaping and Christianity. Oh, i was gonna go in on that but another day i I
0: feel like that'll be good though for all four like
1: four of us to sit down with something like jake won't won't ever stop talking about it be good
0: well in our show notes like for this one we're gonna talk about like smoking weed uh alcohol um just justifying sin in general because i just have those because i think a lot of people um those are the ones that people justify a lot. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm getting wasted just on the weekends. It's all good, bro. You know what I mean? Like, we're fine. or
1: <laughs> Getting faded for God. <laughs> yeah, getting faded for God, bro. That was the best thing you said last time. So, I was listening and I was like, this is great. That's great fated content. Faded for the father, brother. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is he- heresy. <laughs> <they're just> like, <laughs> I got to <a> move.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, but I think with alcohol, a lot of people do that. And then also, um, like smoking weed. Dude. There's so many people who are just like, oh my gosh, like I get headaches or I... <laughs> it helps me sleep at yeah, night. Yeah, <laughs> I have anxiety. Like, it's yeah. not that bad. It's but a it's medicine, like, this dude. helps me. Yeah. And, okay, let me... We say, can't leave this open-ended. <laughs> let me say this. Okay, we'll talk about it for a little bit. <laughs> just getting spicy. <It's> um, <laughs> dude, marijuana can absolutely be used for the betterment of things, you know? Yeah. But you got you get headaches or you're just having a little bit of trouble sleeping at night like bro come on dude mm-hmm. i mean as a as, as so i'll talk to christians right now because if you're a non-christian and you listen to this and you're smoking weed like god loves you i love you like let's talk about that cool but to the christian i guess who um is all about weed or cannabis oil or like cbd whatever C B D is a different thing for me. Oh hold on, hold on. We'll talk no, about No, that no, no. Continue. Second. Yeah, yeah.
1: Go on. Ooh, we're getting good. <laughs> Well we're talking about weed and
0: getting faded because it like helps you sleep or you get a little headaches. Like, dude, that's not real. I'm talking about like hemp could be used for making material mm-hmm. for That's uh, what the Bible says. Yeah, you could do stuff you could do stuff like that mm. or dude, say you're you're cancer. Like cancer's yeah. a thing to me where doctors wow. prescribe it and it's like this helps with your pain this can do that it's like yeah great like mm-hmm. do that that's this is me talking right now this is my perspective and dude cancer is vicious and there's people who genuinely can use that for um relief you know and I think that's okay because truth truthfully it's like they give out stronger medications I mean you know what I mean when Percocet. you know, yeah when you break an arm or something so I don't get why some Christians get so wild over um, weed when, say, somebody has cancer and who definitely needs it, you know what I mean? But like I said, I do draw the line where it's like, dude, you do not need this. Like, for one, we serve a God in heaven who provides peace, provides comfort, can take care of anything the, on the on this earth for us. And even if it wasn't his will maybe to meet something there, like on the other side of earth, there's something even better waiting for you, right? Mm-hmm. And I just think that we use petty things um, in our life that think we need marijuana, we need to smoke weed to do this, or um, it just gives us comfort I think just the same with everything. It's like how often do you turn to smoking more for comfort mm-hmm. than you turn to God? Like yeah. That's the thing. Like how often are you reaching for your weed pen? And how often are you reaching for like some truth uh, from God's word, you know?
2: Yeah. And I think to just kind of piggybacking off what Dylan just said, when it comes to weed or, or whatever that may be, I think it, one of the biggest ones is always go back to 1 Peter five eight. And I think we talked about it last week, last week but it's be of sober, um, sober spirit, be on alert or be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil prowls around like roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And I love that first part where it says be of sober spirit, be on alert. And I think when it comes to, say, smoking weed or, or even being drunk or whatever that may be, it's like when we're outside of our right, our right mind, one the Bible tells us obviously not to be like that, but two, it's just like if we're opening the door for the enemy to come in and going back to strongholds. We're going, we're leaving the door open for the enemy to come in and give mm-hmm. us more strongholds in our lives or mm-hmm. give us more addictions in our lives. And so I think First Peter 5, 8 just clears that up right there. Mm-hmm. And going back to what Dylan was talking about, when it comes to like hemp, for instance, I'll use my mom. My mom's had five knee surgeries and really one of the biggest things, her knee, he, her knee swells up and it looks absolutely horrible love you mom but <laughs> love you mama tea she uses hemp oil or hemp lotion or whatever the stuff you can buy at like marshall's uh-huh. and she puts it on <laughs> her she puts it on her knee because it helps the swelling yeah and i but then again like i got i'm not an expert in weed and i really don't know the difference between hemp and cbd and mm-hmm. all these thc whatever but it's like i don't know if i eat hemp lotion. I don't think I'm going to get stupid high.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, so CBD, it's, there's different things. And I know this not from recreational use. I know this because of of work and because of recreational use when I was younger. Um, CBD is the cannabinoid. So there's things in there that could be used for medicinal other purposes. The part that gets you high on marijuana is the THC that segue into, um, I think if you're, smoking weed for the purpose of getting high. Mm. I think it's the same thing as drinking for the purpose of getting drunk. Am I am I saying that you can't drink alcohol? No, I don't think you should get drunk. And it's one thing where I was like, for a while, I was kind of going through a little party phase where I was like, oh, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Like, I'm just a little bit. It's like three Jack and Cokes and you're... Good, just huh? two, you know, like you know, like was, two Red Bull Vodkas. Yeah, and I was
0: feeling fine, dude. Like, I was, was cool. chilling.
1: It's like, no, you weren't. Like, you huh? threw up. <laughs> <laughs> you threw up at my house. Um, But the same thing. So, and some people are like, well, I, I should be able to do that with weed. Weed is one of those things where you can't like... Maybe for a very heavy user. Um, and like I said, I'm saying this for not personal use, but... Uh, you could use some and cannot get high. It, it's one of those things where it infects, it goes straight to your bloodstream and it instantaneous. There's physiological reactions where you are getting high. Mm-hmm. You can't. Most people just don't take a hit and be like, oh, okay, no, 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 I'm not high. I'm not high. It's like you don't use weed for the purpose of not getting high. That to say CBD, hemp, I'm pretty sure I've had like a some hippie protein shake that had like hemp protein and i don't think that i got high and i don't think that's bad but yeah like
0: hemp seed oil right
1: yeah no and i think there's definitely good things and same thing um i remember years ago i was probably in third grade my grandma she fell off her bike and she broke her leg it was terrible she had to have like all these pins and rods and stuff to the point where she was in so much pain they gave her um like vicodin and percocets and at one point she like her body became used to that and they Mm -hmm. relied on it and I was like, dude, this is my grandma and she has all these painkillers in her body all the time. If the doctor was like, hey, smoke weed, I would have been so much better off that because I know that her body wouldn't be so physically addicted to painkillers, which are just proven to be so bad for you. All that to say, if you're a Christian and you just want to smoke weed just to get high, I don't advocate that. Even, mm-hmm. I've read yeah. this, they've taken this verse out of context. It's Ezekiel 47, 12, and this is talking about... um you know, the author is saying that this is coming to him from a vision, but he's saying fruits, uh, fruit trees of all kinds will grow along with the river, both sides. Um, I'll kind of skip down to the main point where it said, there will be a new crop every month for their water by the river flowing for the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for healing. Mm-hmm. People have tried to take that out of context and use it for, oh, it's, it's just for healing. Or I even saw somebody who's like, you know, marijuana is the, is the leaf in the Bible you talked about <laughs> to heal the nations and, you know people try to make it sound a little bit better than it is. But yeah, I I think I'm, I'm kind of with dealing with this sort of thing. Um, if you're non Christian, you smoke weed, that's on you. You make your decision. Um, you know, I still love you. If you're Christian, you smoke weed. I, I probably going to be in the camp that you don't need it for medicinal use. If you do need it for medicinal use, thumbs up. Like, uh, you know, if that's what helps you, I'm all cool for it. But, yeah, I think a lot of people try to do that thing, Dylan. Where I get headaches or I can't sleep at night, and, and for a while, even I was on the really much on the camp where, um, you know, mental health is a huge thing in twenty twenty. Like I'm a really big advocate for mental health. You should definitely go talk to somebody. I was not really a fan of the, the people who took medication for their mental health. However, uh, I am very much so. Where if you go to a you go to therapy and it's continual and you get recommended to a psychiatrist and you do need to take maybe some sort of um, drug for mental health, whether it be Xanax or anything else mm-hmm. used responsibly and it's for mental health purposes. I'm for it. Like I I think there's a, you know, pharmacies and a lot of stuff has been demonized because people think they're using it to get high. But sometimes, I mean, it, it's true, man, you got depression. It's a chemical imbalance in your brain. Jesus does wonders. G, but, you know, Jesus created all the things on this earth, created doctors, and I think there's a lot of things you can do. I don't think this should be your first option, but I still think if you need help and that kind of helps, go for it.
0: What do you think about it, Chucky?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in the same exact boat as as Dylan and Jared. Um like, in, for instance, like I was sh- like sharing about my mom, I think like when it comes to a medical use and it is exactly prescribed from a doctor for what you need it for, like whether that is whatever the situation is that you're going to the doctor for, it's like, yeah, I, I 100% can agree with that. And I can't remember what verse it was, but it was funny because I was actually talking to Pastor Jim about this, like five years ago, because I remember being at a, at a party, um, he, I wasn't doing anything. So don't even think about that. Um, but I was at a party my You're buddy was faded. It was yesterday, <laughs> <with> the father,
1: <laughs>
2: but I was at a party and my, one of, uh, it was one of my friends who was going off to college and, uh, one of his friends came up to me. He was like, Hey, do you want to smoke a bowl? Cause they knew back in high school before my BC days before Christ, um, I smoke a lot of weed. And I was like, "No, nah, I'm good. Like, I I want to be a pastor now." And he stopped and looked at me and was like, "Well, I know a lot of pastors that smoke weed." I was like, "Wait a second, what? <laughs> <laughs> Hold up, yeah, it, exactly. We have a
0: group that meets on Thursday nights. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Dylan's <laughs> <laughs> the head of the board. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> but um, and and the reason why I bring that story up is because I asked J- Pastor Jim about that and he gave me a verse, and I wish I remembered this verse, because. They he when I was talking to the guy about it, he was like, yeah, like weeds in the Bible. And again, I was like 20 at that time. I was freshly young in the faith and even just in pastoral ministry. And I remember asking um, Pastor Jim about it. And he was like, yeah, like it's in the Bible. And I can't remember the exact word for it. But he was like, we use this to make rope. Like that's what it was used for back Mm -hmm. in the day. Uh, I can't remember the exact. Again, like we got into this and I should have been more prepared. But it was used for rope. But a lot of times people will use these verses to twist it and make it fit to what they want like oh weeds in the bible or they'll use like genesis and they say well god created it so i'm gonna smoke it and Mm -hmm. it's like no no no. like even though god created it it wasn't meant for us to smoke in the beginning so we take that and again we go back to making ourselves god and using using it because we want to so i that's kind of the way i lean towards it i don't agree with it if it's medically used for a prescription from a doctor
0: yes Yeah, and I know there's one uh, in Galatians 5, and it's when uh, Paul's talking about, like, uh, following the desires of your sinful nature, the results are sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, all that stuff, envy, drunkenness, wild parties... Jerry? Is this Jerry's life? I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> I'm just playing around. <laughs> not 2020, maybe like 2016.
0: <laughs> but the important word to note is like uh, the results of following your sinful nature. Like one of them, it says sorcery. Mm-hmm. And uh, that one specifically goes back yes. to a sorcery in those times and in, in those customs is they would um, intake uh, things to alter their brain, alter yeah. their mind in any way, shape, or form to connect with their false gods Mm -hmm. to um get to another level where they would be honestly just connecting with dark spirits you know and um like the root word of that greek word for that is pharmakia Mm -hmm. and it's uh pharmacist yeah you know and we're what english word probably is derived from that is pharmacy you know what i mean and so the intake of these uh drugs and the intake of these things um to alter their brain to connect with these false idols and gods and to worship and do weird pagan rituals and sacrifices and stuff they would do that you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and so that's like a big thing is just altering your brain it's just like you said be sober-minded that's important you know because they when that would happen it's like they could probably go to the darkness real fast right get in contact some weird evil stuff Mm -hmm. you know and that's like I have some friends who say like, "Well, it connects me to God closer." Yeah. It's like you're probably not connecting to God. I'm not saying that it's impossible like mm-hmm. to connect with God at all during that, but if you're using that to elevate you higher in your mental state, you are probably not connecting with God. Yeah, 100% like more often than not, you know. No, yeah.
1: It's definitely it's definitely a thing where it's it's 100% like real. It's still like that. That's why so many people when they do um psychoactive drugs they sometimes they see the real thing or you know those for those Joe Rogan fans We talking about DMT there's a reason why people do stuff like that or ayahuasca and LSD like they'll see similar things that they'll have group experiences of mm-hmm. the same thing a lot of times without getting too kind of outside of the realm of what we're talking about they'll see these things like these creatures or these beings, and they're very much demonic. Like a a lot of times, if you want to look them up on your own time, they're called like the clockwork elves. Um, And they're all very demonic sounding stuff. And if you're like, well, that's kind of weird. It's because it is, or where they're saying like, oh, I talked to an alien. No, you probably talked to some demon. And that, I mean, that's just very real. I know some people might be kind of freaked out by that, but it's a hundred percent real. You're opening up your mind to these things, um, to these, this other realm and if you're a christian you know that this not this battle we fight it's not a flesh and blood it's a principality of darkness yeah. so there's very much a, a thing as satan and demons and there are lots of angels there's lots of demons and there's a spiritual battle being constantly fought mm-hmm. so you're opening up your mind and you're kind of seeing these things that you're probably not supposed to be kind of around on a completely separate note i just thought about like adam and eve back in the garden i just thought of adam talking to even be like Dang! Look at this. Like, leave. We should like light it on fire and just breathe it. Like, like I, that's why people were like you. Kind of said, yeah. Oh, you know, he made this for us to smoke. It's like it just so. It sounds so silly. Mm-hmm. It sounds so dumb. But I don't know.
2: Yeah, and it just goes back to us as humans trying to justify our sin. And I think yeah, that's absolutely. a huge one. And even like what you just said, Jared, is just, it goes back to being sober minded. And like the, the, again. This is a not a a a fleshly battle, but it's a spiritual battle. And again, mm-hmm. the devil prowls. He is like a roaring lion. And I don't know about you. I wouldn't want to go face to face with a roaring lion. And that just shows you that like the enemy doesn't mess around. Like when we get into these certain things, it's like he's going to attack. And when we get into like say, I had a student the other day, this kid's fifteen years old, saying he was taking psychedelics because it was getting him closer to God. And I was like, wait a second, what? When I was 15, all I cared about was video games. But it's just, we see this progressively getting stronger and stronger. And mm-hmm. it's a sad thing because, again, it goes back to us making it almost normalized and saying, like, this is okay. Like, if it's from God, we can do it. But no, it's like the Bible is strictly clear. It's like, be sober-minded. Don't don't even t- jump into these types of things. Mm-hmm. It's just a scary thought.
0: No, it's absolutely. And I think uh, even how we talked about, uh, like, porn and sex and money that one time and, uh, we were just talking about it and I remember you saying like I'm glad that we talk about this you know because the church doesn't talk about mm-hmm. these things enough and it's demonized think, yeah and heavily dude when things are demonized like that in general like people are gonna want to try it out you know yeah. what I mean and I think a big part of that comes from um like my parents are baby boomers right mm-hmm. I'm sure most the uh the, my our parents parents, are. yeah you know what I mean they're like 65 mm-hmm. around that age and just in culture like weed was oh my oh, yeah. god you had weed it was the worst thing in the entire world like you're you're going away about to take you downtown yeah buddy <laughs> you know what I, no yeah you're going away and where uh that same mindset i guess follows into it now you know and mm-hmm. um just with sin with things in general like that it's like hey um it's always put upon us like don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And I think it really needs to be met more with, like, dude, God has something so much better for Mm -hmm. you, you know, rather than just – because if we're just being rule – like, the rule keeper Christian, like – who wants to follow that God? I don't yeah. want to follow that God, but that's not who God is. It's God is something 10 times better for you. God has a peace that can satisfy mm-hmm. your spirit 10 times more than marijuana could, honestly. Yeah, 100%. And we have to be people who believe that and people who push that forward more than like, God's a no, God's a no. It's No, 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 no. It's like, dude, I promise like, hey, let's walk through this together. Let's go through this together. Like God has something so great for you. Let's try this out. You yeah. know what I mean? No a hundred percent you could have kept going on for like 10 minutes right there that was a message <laughs> i'm trying bro hey.
2: <laughs> yeah there you go um
0: yeah i think that was like spot on yeah so that's uh the marijuana one <laughs> i guess we could talk about it more but we could uh talk about more of that stuff next yeah. week too couldn't leave that open Here, anyway. yeah here's a little uh teaser a little taster right so mm. very good uh. uh. but uh yeah so that's all we got for you guys this week we hope you guys enjoyed thanks for listening always as always as always please uh just subscribe to our youtube shameless plug uh follow our I don't even know what it is on Spotify. You follow people or subscribe? I don't know what it is. It's
2: like follow on Spotify. On
0: Spotify, you follow. Okay, yeah. Get notified for that, for the podcast drop every Thursday. Chuck, thanks for being here. Of course, of course. Jared, thanks for being here. It's a pleasure. We appreciate you guys. We love you. Remember, I said it last week, God's not a rule keeper. He's not hanging a weight over your shoulder. He wants to come take the weight that's just really big in my life so that's why i want to talk about these things he's in your sin i promise dude just be honest be real find somebody to talk about it with it is so healthy and it's so important so that way you're not trapped in the cage of shame uh and wasting time you know that's where the the devil wants you and god doesn't want you there like i said earlier god has something so much better for you but we love you guys and we will see you next time Later. later peace